Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. In our episode today, we are going to develop tools to have better quiet queries, taking time to formulate better questions. The reason why we're doing this is really important because better questions prompt better answers. If you're new to the podcast, I'm excited that you're here and have been here before. I'm happy that you're back. We're helping you become more intentional communicators. Communication matters. Being clear and concise matters a lot. And using quiet to take time to prepare is the difference. For a lot of people, it's the difference. And you don't know what you don't know, and questions are the key to open up what you might get to hear from somebody. But if you ask a terrible question, how was your day? What's new? You're going to hear the same thing. You can hear it in your voice as I'm asking you these questions. How was your day? How was your trip? What's new? You can hear nothing, nothing, you know, fine. And it's not going to work because we're trying to prompt communication, not close it down. And this is really something that I think a lot of people struggle with because they're trying to do it on the spot. And, you know, background here is the last couple of episodes I've given you a brief take on AI and the impact on communication. And the first episode is kind of like the the two feelings I had when I started discovering its power, specifically generative AI, which is like kind of wow, oh no. And last week's episode, what I did was I started playing with it. And one of my key takeaways from that was, all right, well, what's that world going to be like when it's a real prominent tool that everybody uses And I came to the conclusion pretty early on that a quiet query, I'll just call it that, is a thoughtful, intentional moment where we can formulate a better question could be the difference. Now, I'm not just saying in sitting in front of a computer, chatting with an AI interface, I'm also talking about having conversations with coworkers or clients or your your, your family or your friends or people that relationships that you have. Maybe it's in a meeting. Maybe it's in when you're developing, a t- when you're working with a team. These questions can be, if asked the right way, can be like a key to open up some really powerful things. But sometimes in the moment, we just kind of fall flat. Like it's just flat root bear. You just crack it open and there's no fizz. So what I want to share with you today are just some thoughts about about doing that. And again, it, the inspiration, some of it was inspired by this, some of these recent podcasts on artificial intelligence and the power that is there. You're sort of staring at this screen. You've got this little field. You're chatting with this bot. And I liken it to like having a conversation with like the absolute smartest person in the world. Now, I'm not going to say that any question is going to give you the answer to the universe or life. Um, that's up to you and to do some critical thinking and learning and investigation and research and all that, life experiences. But you do have a moment to have this query. You know, you're asking it a question. And, you know, I, I was playing with it in last week's episode. ran a little bit long because there's a lot of examples and I have a, like a, a ton more. Um, but in the moment, you're just kind of playing with this thing. If I sat down with a really smart person, I would probably take time beforehand to think about the questions that I would want to ask him or her in that conversation. I wouldn't just show up and like, 
so Elon Musk, you know, what's your favorite ice cream? You know, I would probably sit down and say, well, you know, what, you know, do you really think that you're going to get to Mars and how long do you think it's going to take? Or I might ask, think about questions like, you know, how do you manage all your time with all these jobs that you have with SpaceX to Tesla to Starlink to neural, I mean, all these different, Twitter, all, how do you handle it? Do you sleep? Like, what's your, you know, what's your, I would ask questions like that to be more provocative, um, to open him up. And I would have that question with anybody. If I were sitting with a client, I would want to just, you know, if I've got a meeting with a client, I'm, I'm, I need some some questions to really get that person talking because otherwise I might do all the talking. That's not going to be any fun for that person to hear my voice. They want to hear themselves talk. So quiet query. And, you know, that time to formulate a question, here's here's some perspectives on that. I think first and for, foremost, it's it's really dedicating and scheduling time with you and your thoughts in quiet before a meeting or a conversation or I'm going to sit down with AI. I would not sit in front of in a person or in a meeting or a client or in a computer chatting with AI and and, and do it thoughtlessly. I would the I want to develop questions. You know, what am I looking for? What do I want to know? What's what am I interested in, what am I curious, where I need clarification, where do I need better understanding. I need to take time and quiet. So one of the things that's driving me and us here at my company is beyond the brief lab and teaching clear and concise communication is this quiet works program is the value of taking time to do that. Well, if you're busy all day long, you run around. Well, you don't even know what questions to ask. Well, those opportunities come and they go. And you ask a lame question, you're going to get a lame answer or no answer at all. Or the answer that is very expected. How, how was your trip? Fine. You know, finds not an, an answer, finds not a headline. And, well, part of the blame goes to the question itself. And maybe you didn't even have time because you're too busy. So first, first thing out of the gate, take time beforehand to really formulate questions. Okay, that does take time. It takes thought. It takes care and concern. So do that first. Second thing, in the moment, I would recommend grabbing a brief map. If you're not familiar with the brief map, go to thebrieflab.com and under resources section, you'll, you can download them. They're, it's a visual outline. And for those of you who have taken our courses, you have them and you know what they are. But download them, print them out, and have a brief map in front of you. Why? A brief map is not only a, a tool to organize your communication as you communicate to somebody else, but it's also a way to collect the answers that you get from questions. You know, the background box, it, it spells background, relevance, information, ending, follow-up, and then there's a center box, which is the main idea. I'm having a conversation with, let's say I'm talking to a client. I can use the brief map to fill in the questions and the answers. So in the background is, you know, how is there any context or things going on in your world that are I'm not aware of? What's changed since our last conversation? Is there anything that I need to know to understand your challenges in a better way? I might put that in the background box. Well, I wrote the questions there, and I'll fill in the notes in that background box. And then I might go to the middle box. And what, is, what do you think is the biggest challenge you face in the next 60 days? Let's talk about that for a while. We can talk about that a little bit. And once you feel like you found like a central driving issue, I might go from that central box to box number three, which is the 
relevance or reason and ask another question. Well, why do you think that bothers you so much or why is that a concern of yours or why is that so high on the list of all the things you have to worry about? Then I might go to the, the box number four, which is the information, and unpack that why and that what a little bit. So tell me more about what specifically you know, would happen if you didn't resolve the issue or how long do you think it's going to take to resolve it or who, who can help you with that or how much energy and time is it going to take you to fix it. And I might put questions in that box. And then the ending or the end state is, you know, what does success look like? And if you were to fix the problem or address it, or if you didn't, what bad thing would happen? And I might fill the brief map with questions in my quiet time and then bring it to the conversation and then have a notebook next to it where I'm filling in the answers. And one of the cool things is, as technology evolves is that interface could be recorded. You know, there are AI interfaces that we're using now, and just like you have on a Zoom call or you can record it, and it will give you a transcription. Now, obviously, I would not recommend doing that if you have any concern or sensitivity that your answers might be shared on the Internet. So I would, I would make sure that it would, you know, if you had a non-disclosure, you don't want anybody else to know, don't have anybody record it. But if, if, it's, if it's a a question that's okay if other pe people were to, quote unquote, hear it, listen in on, that I might use a, uh, a transcription service of some sort to give a summary of that, to organize your notes. But the second thing is, beyond just taking time to formulate better questions, is using a brief map and filling those questions around the brief map and then using their answers and filling them in. And then finally, my recommendation is practice, practice, practice. You know, for very few people, you know, Asking questions is a difficulty for most people. You know, open-ended, deep questions. You know, I, I always, as a starting point, would encourage people, encourage you, just the question why is a very powerful one. Well, why, why do you feel that way? Why is that the case? Why do you worry about that so much? Just ask why, why, why. Um, you may have experienced this, maybe not, but there's an age in where kids develop, I think it's, you know, I don't know, four or five years old, where they discover the word, you know, they discovered the question why, and it's very powerful. I remember um, there was a kid on our street growing up, and uh, I grew up in a place where everybody had a nickname. So his nickname was Bomber. I think I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast, I don't know. But his name was Bomber. I don't know exactly why they called him that, but that was his nickname. So he came over to our house one day, and, and I said, you know, our... I don't know, it was a baseball thing or something was canceled. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because the coach wasn't there. He couldn't come. Why? And then I said, because I think he's sick. Well, why is he sick? He kept on asking why. And I kept on answering. At some point, I'm like, stop. You know, like, it's just, like, it had kind of a power over me. Like, this four-year-old's just grilling me with questions. But don't underestimate the, the power and the value of the question why. And also, interest and curiosity to go deeper, you know. And I just thought of pulling some examples, and I, I did some research on this. You know, just converting a boring question into a better open-ended question. So asking open-ended questions is more powerful than a simple, so instead of saying, you know, to maybe kids or something, how was school today? The better open-ended version is what were the highs and lows of your day? What was the best and worst part of your day? You know, did you have any problems at work today? Maybe if you know that the person has a lot of problems, what, what were the big problems that you had at work today? Instead of did you, yes or no, what were they? 
um, you know, did you enjoy your trip? You know, maybe if, if you sensed that that was a good trip, you know, was it a good trip? Yeah, okay, well, the next question follow-up is something, you know, like, um, how did you feel about the trip overall? So it's a question about feelings. So you can start to formulate, okay, take a, take a bad one and, and, and formulate and start to practice, practice, practice with this, like asking questions and taking time in what I'll call quiet query to really formulate and write down questions and give yourself the time and the place to do that. Because in the moment, most people are not going to be just naturally good at this. You'll have to take the time. I would definitely use a brief map. I would I would have that and fill that map in. It's got you know, all the prompting questions right there in a brief map that you can fill in and use that as your way of taking notes and then finally practice it. Just And I would practice it, you know, going home at night for sure or going into work after, you know, in the morning or after a trip. So maybe let's end here. So let's give you a call to action. Okay, here's your homework. Uh, when you go home, take a few minutes to ask a better question. Take time and quiet query and develop that question so you can ask a good one not a lame one like did you miss me just saying